Welcome to another episode of Indie Darlings, the podcast. I'm your host, Knives Monroe. How are you guys doing? Hopefully, you're doing well. With me today is a special occasion. I'm with filmmaker Canyon Demare. Did I say your name correctly, sir? Uh, Damari, but it's all good. Damari. Hey, my name has a silent K, <laughs> so I understand. Yeah. Trust me, at Starbucks, they never hear it right. Knives. <laughs> um, Damari. Well, Canyon, um, thank you so much for coming on the show, pal. It, it means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So I got to get this elephant out of the room. This uh, my, my first question mm -hmm. here. You're going to get it a lot for like the next five to six years, I think. But uh, how many birthdays have you had? Oh, <laughs> uh, 21. 21 years old. Okay. So yeah. we're here today to talk about your, your short film, Days Gone By. Yes. Before we get into that, I want to know what is your story as a filmmaker? How did you get started in this game? Uh, so I started out, um, like pretty, pretty early on. I was in sixth grade in middle school and my best friend, uh, he used to make just like these really like short, like stupid, funny videos, like his home video camera and things like that. And I was never really like a video guy or like a movie guy. Um, but then one day I was just kind of like, you know what? Uh, this seems pretty cool what he's doing. I kind of want to, you know, get in on this. And I was a huge, um, walking dead guy. I loved The Walking Dead a lot earlier on when I was a lot younger, and um, I really wanted to make a zombie movie. That was like my whole shtick. That was like everything that I wanted to do. And so in sixth grade, like I got with him and I was like, hey, I want to write like a zombie movie thinking we could write like this Oscar-worthy film. And so we wrote like an eight-page short film called The Dead Among Us, and I talked to my principal and we actually filmed a fit, like an eight-minute zombie film at our middle school with, like, me, him, and, like, six or seven other of our friends. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, we filmed it on my dad's, like, off-brand tablet. Uh, it wow. was really, really bad. Um, and, like, after we did that, it was just kind of, like, it was just something I kind of did, and then it kind of slowed down there. I didn't really get back into doing it a lot. But then me and, you know, my best friend, we just started making these, like, really short, stupid, funny videos, just me and him, where we played every single character and things like that. And then... I used to make a lot of fake trailers with a guy that lived across the street from me in my um, parents' house, and it would just be fake trailers for mostly zombie films. It'd just be me and him. I would only plan out the trailer, so I'd like, oh, I want this action shot. I want this shot of us running, things like that, and then it slowly just turned into like us making actual like short films and feature films and stuff like that, and when I really started to take it seriously was in my hometown. Uh, it was, there was a film festival that happened in the city across the river, because I used to live on the Colorado River in Arizona, and uh, it was in Laughlin, Nevada, it was the Laughlin International Film Festival, and my dad bought, me and my dad bought tickets, he just kind of took me there, I saw the opening night film, I was at the red carpet, and it wasn't even that big of a festival, there was probably like maybe two, three hundred people there, but it was just being exposed to that side of it when I never had been was pretty pretty crazy and pretty like eye-opening to just kind of that world and so we went there and then i went to like a filmmaker's workshop for like young filmmakers specifically and there was a guy there named brian lee brown who was a local filmmaker who was just talking about films that he had made over the years in arizona and like in our hometown and things like that and as soon as i walked out of that festival i kind of was like okay you know what I'm going to make like a feature film. And I was a sophomore in high school when I decided to do that. And so I sat down for about a couple months. I wrote out a film 
and in about like a year, it started filming. In December of 2016 is when I filmed it. It was a feature film. It was 90 pages, hour and a half long. It only had my family in it. Uh, it was called Genome, and it was basically about my character discovers a cloning device and clones himself, so I could play two characters pretty easily. Um, my best friend was in it, my parents were in it, my dad played the villain, and uh, we finished it. And it actually got into the Laughlin Film Festival that next year, 2017, and they premiered it there. It, it was a packed theater on the last day of the, the film festival. And I remember, like, up until that point, I was like, yeah, I made a movie, and, like, everyone at school was talking about it, everyone was excited for it, but I never really knew how I was going to feel about showing it to an audience, because I released it on YouTube, like, six months before it premiered at the festival, and I was standing outside the theater, and my dad walked up to me, like, before it was premiering, and he's like, hey, when you go in there, just be ready, and I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, just, just be ready, because I wasn't really counting how many people were walking in as I was greeting them, and I walked in the theater, I turned around, and every single seat was filled, and I literally just, like, stood there for a second, and, like, took it all in, went and sat down, and it, we, the film played, it was a, it's a horrible movie, it's really bad, there were people falling asleep in the audience, there was, it was really bad, but just the idea of showing a film that I made to an audience is just, like, something that I really love, and, like, I love showing my friends movies that I've seen, I love watching, like, reaction things on YouTube, just, I'm just, I'm a big reaction guy, and so, like, since then, like, I made that feature, and then we, me and my best friend made a couple short films in between, and then we made another feature film that we premiered at our library, where we sold tickets, and, like, we sold out for the tickets there, um, and then that also played in the Laughlin Film Festival in 2018, and then uh, we made another feature film that was like a horror film. That one was around like 45, 50 minutes. We played that at a theater that they let us use for free because the Laughlin Film Festival ended up not happening that year. And then that was the year before COVID happened. And then COVID hit and we just kind of, you know, kept making short films and stuff. And yeah, I just, I don't know, just seeing like the reaction that people had to something that I've made is just like really why I want to do this and continue to do this just because I love making things that people just relate to or have a like you know a shocking moment because I remember there would be films that we've made in the past where people would actually genuinely have like a shocked moment and I'm like wow okay that really that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is just because seeing you know how people react to just my stuff and how they enjoy it Canyon, I love that man dude you are a real Thanks. bona fide filmmaker for real. Thanks. Uh, what if I were to tell you that your story is everybody's story? Your story is Steven Spielberg's story, James Cameron's story, yeah. Quentin Tarantino's story, Christopher Nolan's story. That, that That's your story, pal. I mean that. That's incredible. Congratulations on being Thanks. a Thank part you. of an elite class of person who is produced, written, directed, edited, starred in their own feature film. Mm -hmm. That's That's not normal. And that should yeah. be celebrated. And so congratulations. I'm really proud of you, man. Thank um, you. Thank you. I, I want to ask you, uh, talking about genome, because I didn't know about this before we hopped on this, this podcast. Yeah. So for the listeners, this is news to me. Canyon and I, you're, you're watching us meet right now in real time. So about genome, uh, the day you rapped, did, mm -hmm. did you or somebody say, that's a rap? Like, walk me through the, the feeling of, wow, we finished our first movie. And then I want to contrast that to showing it at a movie theater with mm. patrons there that I don't know if they paid or didn't pay to see it, but either way, they took time out of their day. They got babysitters to go and watch it, right? Yeah. Uh, talk to me about rapping and then talk to me about the XP 
points that you gained having watched your movie through the eyes mm. of, of dozens, if not hundreds of people? Yeah, it was kind of weird because since the film was only with me and my family, we it was super easy to just like schedule around and stuff like that. And it took us about a month and a half to film it because I filmed it over winter break and then my brother was down from college and he had a camera. He had a Nikon D3200. And so that's what we filmed with. And then he ended up having to go back to college before we finished filming. And so I was like, hey, I'll just take the camera. Can I borrow the camera? And, you know, I'll finish filming and stuff like that. So we just kind of finished up here and there. And then the very last shot of the film is actually us going we went to visit him up at college and I went to bring him back the camera and I had to we pulled off on the side of the road to film the last shot and it wasn't really like a super official like that's a rap thing because it was just kind of like even to me it wasn't really something like serious that I was doing it was just kind of like hey I just want to make this movie and I didn't really understand you know like what came with that or essentially like the steps or the lingo or things like that like I just borrowed my cameras and we started filming and so it was just kind of like a thing where I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's it. We filmed the last shot. I'll just get to editing. And then, you know, I edited over the course of a couple of weeks. And, you know, even editing it, I was like, you know, like this is just kind of, to me, it just kind of seemed like a very long video, like a very long narrative, like YouTube video, because that's how me and my best friend were used to making. And, you know, I'd never written anything, you know, we never wrote anything or planned anything out really. And so like, this is the first time it was actually structured and things like that. And, you know, and then I showed it to my family, and, like, they were like, yeah, yeah, that was really good. And then it just kind of, like, like it, it still never really hit me that it was, like, an actual movie that I created until, like, the whole theater thing. And getting to watch people just watch it, it was, it was unreal because it kind of just showed me that, like, you essentially are your worst critic. Because over the months leading up to that point, I had just, like, I was like, this is terrible. Like, this is really bad. And it was like, my acting's bad, the camera work's bad, like, I, like, it was really, really bad, but I was like, to me, what kept, like, bringing me back to it was just this feat of, you know, I made a 90-minute long, you know, film, and that's what everyone kept saying, too, like, all my teachers at school, you know, people at the film festival, they were just like, dude, you made, like, a 90-minute thing. And, you know, there's some people that enjoyed it, and there were some people that, you know, obviously didn't, but it just kind of showed me that, you know, it, even, it was my very first one, so it's just like, to me, it could only go up from there. Like, I honestly don't think I could probably make anything worse than that now. Um, and so, like, it can only go up from there. And so getting to, to have people watch it just kind of really helped me see that, like, you know, it was an actual movie that I actually created. And I went through this process, you know, I wrote it, I filmed it, I edited it. And it was an actual, you know, achievement of making a film going from, you know, filming it and just kind of being like, oh, this is just like a really long video that we're making. What was it like showing it in front of people? Like, what was the feedback? What, like, I, I'm curious about your growth, right? Like, your, mm. your XP points, because I've made a movie that I made just for me, but then I showed it in yeah. front of hundreds of people, and I realized, oh, shit, it's not my movie. It's their movie. Whatever they think it is is what it is. Like, it's all valid yeah. and real, and I, I gained so much XP. Like, I made uh, my first feature. Uh, it, had, it was sort of essentially like a psychological thriller, but it had mm -hmm. brief moments of humor. And when the audience laughed, for example, and the whole theater laughed, I was like, oh, my God, I have their full attention right here. Like, I'm crushing. Yeah. I'm crushing right here. It was a good feeling. But there was <laughs> the laughter in my first picture is few and far in between. So I'm curious yeah. about you sitting down with a bunch of people. You're in a mm -hmm. safe space. You're there with your family. But what did you – what did you walk away with from that? Um, I kind of – 
it was weird because I never really, you know, expected, first of all, the movie to show to anybody. I just was going to release it on YouTube and that was going to be that. But then, you know, the feedback that I got was there's a, there's a moment in the film where when I wrote it and I filmed it, it was supposed to be very emotional. And that was super weird for me because I was like, you know, this is just a, you know, I don't know if I could convey this emotion to that extent or, you know, the other actors, you know, my family could convey that emotion. But when I got out of the theater, you know, there wasn't really a lot of, there was some laughing moments, there was some comedy, and the movie's not really funny. The movie's not supposed to be funny on purpose. Like, I don't, like, there wasn't like a lot of jokes written in, things like that, but there were funny things that happened, and so when people laughed, I was like, okay, I'm glad, you know, you know, they got that gist and it landed and stuff. But the biggest moment of the film was the emotional moment that happens in it, and I didn't really expect anything to happen or anyone to react about it, but when I got out of the film and I was, you know, shaking hands with people and thanking them for coming, there were people coming up to me saying, you know, you got me with that scene. Like, there was somebody that told me that they started crying because it, you know, helped them relate to another part in their life, and I was like, really? I was like, I, it was so mind-blowing to me that that was able to happen, and, you know, there was people, you know, when people were leaving, they really enjoyed it. They said, you know, um, the fact that I was able to play two characters, two very different characters, you know, really, you know, impressed them and things like that, and so I think I just pulled away from you know, trying, like, trying, I don't really know how to word this, but, like, even though, you know, when I created it and I thought it was really, really bad, I shouldn't have just, like, shot myself in the foot right away and just kind of wait to expect what people say because, like you said, you know, I was making that movie for me, essentially, at the beginning of it because I wanted to do it and I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is bad and, when I show people to watch it, it kind of opens my eyes to say there are people out there that just aren't, you know, gonna, they're not going to think that way. If they genuinely like it, then they're going to genuinely like it. And so every film that I've tried to make up to that point, I've really tried to not really hone in on how I have felt about it after finishing it um, and just really got to see what people thought about it at the end of it. And so that really helped me see that, you know, there's a lot more opinion out there than, you know, just yours. And that will really help in trying to f whatever further projects that you have. Yeah. When you when you first got into filmmaking, it's it's like you said, mm -hmm. the language wasn't really there yet. Maybe you didn't call it filmmaking. Maybe you didn't say action mm -hmm. or cut. Maybe you did. Um, you know, I'm hypothesizing here. You started making videos, making content, making film before you were really into movies is what i thought i heard yeah but now you got into movies you enjoy showing your friends different movies that you've seen who were mm -hmm. some of your guys and girls who are some of your your influences your uh, the filmmakers or television shows or mm -hmm. even youtubers i'm curious like what makes you tick what are, what are some of those things that check the boxes for you um so yeah i wasn't really uh uh yeah you're right i wasn't really a big movie guy my dad used to do like family movie night and, you know, me being a little, you know, bratty kid, I was like, nah, I don't want to sit here and do this. I don't want to watch these movies. But there were genuinely movies that I really liked. But I just remember. Name, when, name a few from movie night. Oh, uh, movie night, like, he would, like, we'd watch Christmas Story every year for Christmas. Um, we watched, uh, there's so many. Like, we'd watch every what, new movie that came out. What's, like, a weird one that you're like, I, I don't know why he showed me this, but I liked it. Oh, um, God. It's, um, oh, uh, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation, <laughs> even though, like, watching it, like, when I watched it really young, I hated it, but watching it recently, like, I watched it a couple years ago, I really like it, and I think it's very enjoyable, um, so I think it's just, like, that growth, but I remember in 2014, it came out on Blu-ray, my dad showed me Interstellar 
from Christopher Nolan for the very first time, and ever since then, it is my number one movie of all time. I love it. It has never been beaten by anything, and I remember watching that, and that's when I really started, not to take filmmaking seriously, but then that's when I started making all those fake trailers, all those videos, I started, you know, watching more movies, things like that, and, you know, ever since then, like, I've never... Like, no movie has ever... There was a movie that came out this year, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, that came very, very close to topping it. But that movie, there's just something about that movie, and every single time I watch it, it's just like I see it, and it's like, that's why you know I want to be a filmmaker. It's just that scale and that spectacle and just everything about that film, I absolutely love. Did you like Tenet? Uh, I, I did. I really did like Tenet. It was, there were some gripes that I had with it, like sound mixing, things like that. It was a little hard to understand dialogue at some points. It wasn't too confusing for me and it was still like, I really enjoyed it. I love Christopher Nolan. There's been very few movies that I, of his that I don't like. Um, but I really did like it. I saw it in theaters and, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty enjoyable to me, man. Thank you for that. Um, you know, it's funny yeah. you mentioned interstellar because if I had to make a list of things that that I thought that you would really be into, Interstellar would be right at the mm-hmm. top of the list. Uh, so let's talk about Days Gone By. Um, okay, I want to. I want to first. Let, uh, let's talk about uh, my, my impression of the movie, and then we'll get into like the mm-hmm. make the making of it because I have so many questions. Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect. You reached out and you mm-hmm. you uh, thank goodness. You, I guess you found my TikTok and you reached out and you yeah. submitted this film to me, and I opened it up on Vimeo and I, I request Vimeo links only. Just because that really is like this spam eliminator. Because people will send me stuff that mm-hmm. they shot on their phone. It's a 19-second thing. I'm like, yeah. that's not a movie. I'm just being yeah. real, right? So <laughs> I, I like to kind of eliminate spam. And, and I know, quote, unquote, filmmakers that take themselves seriously are going to use Vimeo. So I open up your picture, and it's 30 minutes. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. This is the longest short film anybody's ever sent me. You know, I usually get like a long, yeah. a long one will be 17, 19 minutes, but 30. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, man, that that flew by, that flew by. Yeah. Like I, uh, there's a moment where I suspected you were in it because I didn't do any research mm-hmm. on you, and I was like, spoiler alerts. I won't spoil the movie. I won't. But. But you do you do appear in it as an actor? Yes. And I had a feeling this might be the director. This might be Canyon. I, I didn't know if Canyon mm-hmm. was a was a male or a female. Like I I didn't know mm-hmm. if if this person was in their forties or if they were in their twenties. Like I, yeah. I didn't know. That's part of the excitement for me. So I'm watching mm-hmm. your movie, and uh, there are scenes. I I don't want to spoil it, but uh, they involve. It's pretty it's pretty meta. They, it involves a a camera or a camcorder in it. Yeah. Right. And I thought of Interstellar. Yes, yes. Am I wrong there? <laughs> no, you're not. Absolutely. So you mentioned your your Walking Dead influences. I saw a lot of mm-hmm. that in there. Yes. Um, and I'm curious if you got to watch the show Station Eleven. I didn't, uh, but my best friend, the, my filmmaking partner, he mentions it quite a bit, and he says that it's pretty good, and I'd probably really enjoy it. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. Do you write, probably will very do you soon. write with your friend? Uh, yeah, some films that we make, we write together. He's more, I'll let you know right now, I hate writing. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. It's like trying to come up with ideas and like sitting down and writing a script is so difficult for me because my brain, you know, it'll just draw all these scenarios and all these things. And it, like, it's basically just extreme writer's block for me all the time. And, but he's like very good at writing. He'll, you know, he can sit down and write a script pretty quickly. And so a lot of the films... Uh, the second feature we made, he wrote it. Uh, the third feature that we made, we kind of collaborated on the writing process and stuff like that. But he'll write a lot of this stuff. Um, but so, most of the time, we'll kind of sit down and kind of come up with ideas together. We direct together a lot of the times. 
on projects like this, but like Days Gone By, you know, that was me directing, uh, Genome, that was me directing, but then like the other two features that we made, we kind of co-directed together, um, so we collaborate on a lot of stuff. What's their name? Uh, Quincy Barham. Shout out to Quincy. That's incredible. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to be able to get, you know, give Quincy their flowers for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I implore you to watch Station Eleven because there's a narrative device that you do in the movie that mm -hmm. Station Eleven does as well, and it's it's a very similar genre where it's like this post-apocalyptic okay. uh, setting. Yeah. Right. So I think you mm -hmm. would really dig it, and it's on HBO Max. Sweet. Watch it while you know before they take. It oh, off. sweet. Okay. Before yeah. they take it off. Um, yeah. Your ending upset me. <laughs> what the heck, man? Is this a? Is yeah. this Is this your sister? Yes, it is. She was incredible. She was a fine Thank little you. actress. Thank My you. goodness. Yeah, she how, would appreciate how that. How did you get these performances? Uh, so uh, Sierra, my sister, she was like she's like currently a sophomore in high school, like super into theater, acting, singing, band, like all that. She's very outgoing, and she just like I'd worked with her on a couple short films before, and she just showed very high interest in acting and you know theater and stuff like that, and, you know. Uh, I was in some high school productions with her when she was in middle school. You know, they let younger kids join it and stuff like that. And, you know, she was very interested. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a film for her. Um, so essentially starting out writing this film, it started out because the film centers around a brother and a sister mm -hmm. in this post-apocalyptic world. And the film kind of, um, you know, went from, uh, you know, it ended up as a brother and sister. But then it started out as a sister and a sister. And it was going to be, it was going to be that kind of dynamic. And then it just kind of, you know, formulated into brother and sister because I'm a super big fan of uh, the Last of Us video game. Yeah. And it, like the whole Joel and Ellie dynamic, you know, kind of, that's kind of a huge inspiration for that too. And so um, it just kind of formed into that. And, you know, she was super interested in it. I wrote the script. I wrote with it with her in mind, hoping she would do it. You know, I gave her the script. I showed her and she loved it and she was super on board with it. And then the brother, uh, Owen's character is played by uh, Isaiah Lara, my friend from back home. He was actually in a feature with me and Quincy that we did together where, um, you know, it was in the horror film and he acted in that. And he was absolutely fantastic in that. That was the first film that we worked with on, on him and he was fantastic in it. And so, you know, I was like, you know what, I want to put you in more roles. I want to do more things with you. And so I kind of wrote, you know, that role for him specifically too. You know, I showed it to him and he was super great. And what I love about working with Isaiah too is he is like, he'll do any stunt. And I know films have stunt crews and stunt coordinators, things like that. Not us. He was like, you know what, I'll do anything you want me to do. There's a deleted scene from the film where he's running down a hill and he just throws himself from the top of the hill down to the bottom. I don't recommend this for anybody, yeah. you know, listening, <laughs> you know, be very, very careful. And we were, and, um, but he, he's just great. He's willing to do above and beyond for the role. Same with Sierra. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know what to expect working with the two actors going into this, the two main actors, you know, I was kind of worried because it was like the first, it was really the first kind of serious thing that I wrote by myself you know, a dramatic thriller set in this post-apocalyptic world. And it was like, when I was writing this film, I was really trying to like, you know what, I want to write a film. Like, I want to write a movie where people watch it and they're like, dude, that was a movie. And um, I was super worried. Like, I didn't really know what to expect. But then we filmed the first day, which takes place uh, when they're at the house, uh, when they're talking to the dining room table scene. That was the first day of filming. And it it blew me away. Like I walk, like I was sitting there, I was filming, I was behind the camera, and they did the scene together, and then you know Sierra did some scenes by herself that had no dialogue in it, where she's looking at the photo, or she's sitting, and I was just kind of like, 
I was like, wow. And at that point, like, I really was like super. I was like, you know what? Yes, I'm like the roles I chose for these people are fantastic. What were you feeling? Then, what, what was different there? What was wow for you? It, because I never really seen my sister Sierra act in you know in front of a camera, and to me, theater acting and film acting is very different. To me, it's theater acting is a lot more exaggerated. It's a lot more you know pronounced because you know it's out of theater and everyone has to be able to see it. But to me, film acting is very much more precise, and it's a lot more you know facial emotions, and you know it's a lot more like body you know language on screen, and it was just the way she was pulling it off is exactly how I envisioned it to happen and what's so weird about it is that every film that i've made before days gone by i had this specific vision for it and not all of them really checked the box but for days gone by it is almost exactly how i envisioned when writing it like i could close my eyes and imagine a scene of the film or you know a shot and or an acting performance and it is exactly what i wanted even for the side characters even for uh christian Berger's character jack who shows up in the forest he played that exactly how i wanted him to um, and it, you know, it was great working with them. It was fantastic. Did you ever watch? Oh, I forgot the director's name, but it's based on a, off a book by Cormac McCarthy. Did you ever watch The Road? Yes, that was also a huge inspiration. I remember, I watched that film uh, before making Days Gone By, about like a year before making it, and just that dynamic of just the two characters, one younger, one older, is something I was really going for, and I I loved that film. It reminded me of that, like Jack's character yeah. specifically too. Reminded me of like mm -hmm. this is dangerous. Just seeing this guy is really mm -hmm. dangerous. I don't like this. Yeah, um, the really interesting. Um, talk to me about the locations. How how did you find these locations? Did you have access to them, or did you have to get permission to use these locations? Because uh, that's what made yeah. your movie, in my opinion, very cinematic. Was it felt like the locations were characters. It felt lived in. It felt Mm -hmm. familiar but also barren at the same time which it needed mm -hmm. to feel um so t how, how'd you acquire those uh so in my hometown so i i currently live in uh like phoenix arizona like that area and my hometown is about four hours away and there's a uh like a park like a national park i think not really a national park but it's just like a named park uh the wallapies in arizona it's closer to like kingman arizona around that area and so we had to drive about maybe like an hour from my hometown to get to that forest area we and went you had been for a there day. already I Yes, yeah, okay. I had visited there a ton as a kid, things like that, and then we, uh, me and Quincy, we location scouted, because um, he was kind of like my uh, first AD, and uh, we kind of location scouted and stuff like that, and we went there before, and we just kind of planned it out, I called, you know, the park office there and told them what we were going to be doing, told them if I needed to, you know, get any permits or anything like that, and they're like, no, you're absolutely good to go. Um, just, you know, if any of the park rangers show up, just kind of explain to them what we were doing. Cause we were working with a prop firearm. So I made sure to keep that, you know, concealed and out of sight as much as possible. Um, but you know, we didn't really run into problems filling up there. You know, there were some park trail people that were walking past here and there and we just kind of wait for them. But you know, and the locations of the film in the forest area are about like every scene that you see, they're about like a two minute walking distance mm. from each like mm -hmm. location. So like we filmed like the tent set up up here and like walked like down here, to like film the opening of the forest stuff and then up here for like the you know when they meet jack and things like that and then um the house that we filmed that during some the flashback stuff when they're talking to the dining room table scene and then they decide to leave uh that's actually my home 
uh, my parents' house. So I just kind of told them, you know, you know, we're going to film here. I kind of planned it out and stuff like that. And then the secondary house is actually Quincy's house. Mm. Uh, so it was super easy to just use that, uh, his back house and things like that because his house was pretty big. So, yeah, a lot of locations were pretty easy to secure and stuff like that. And so I kind of wrote the film with those locations in mind just so that way I could use my resources and knew, you know, what I had to use. And I wanted to use a forest because um, also a big inspiration for this short film was the Netflix original show Dark. Yeah. that came out yeah i, I see love that. that show yes and uh there's that was you know, too difficult for me later... to follow man that was more complicated i, I than absolutely loved it <laughs> great great and uh they're coming yeah, the guys the coming out with a new one i think a new show yes i know i'm very excited i'm very excited very cool and so yeah that that forest was a huge inspiration for that and so i wanted to have that and you know it was just about an hour drive so we just kind of drove up for one day of filming there was a little hiccup where we were a little late to shooting uh you know some of the actors were, showed up pretty some of them, you know, showed up a little late, but that's okay. But I had to end up rewriting the end of the film on on set wow. because we couldn't get it done. And I really like I knew some of the actors weren't going to be able to come back the next day. Did you day film or, the you know, ending? We was that like uh, uh, sequentially? Did you film in order? Um, no, ac- actually, we didn't. So, so we filmed. So the you stuff knew that where... that was going to be the ending, and you knew, okay, this is what I have to rewrite it. It's going to be like this now when you say the ending do you mean the final shot or the final sequence the final the the final sequence the final sequence was supposed to be a little bit longer there was supposed to be some more stuff that happened in it but because we were running out of daylight and stuff i had to cut it short i think that worked in your favor it adds it really added suspense and mystery and Mm -hmm. i i must have said what the fuck like a few times you know when i was watching it it caught me off guard so i think that i think that helped it actually sweet thank you no totally uh, I did not mean to interrupt your, your train of thought there, but you rewrote the ending no. on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, um, yeah, so I had to rewrite it, you know, and then the very last scene of the movie it was filmed at my own apartment that I got after I moved out of my parents' house. And so we just kind of filmed that real quick. And that was always going to be the ending of the film was that point. And so the ending sequence is just kind of what I had to rewrite just because we were losing daylight hours. And, you know, at the moment, I was kind of a little upset that I had to because – the scene was supposed to drag out the performance from my sister Sierra a lot more instead of just cutting it short. Mm-hmm. But then I wrote it. I was like, all right, we just got to, you know, you know, let's just get this done. We'll, we'll film it. We'll get it done. And then when she gave, I really liked her performance at the very end of the film. And that's kind of like, I was like, okay, it ended up just kind of working out. Um, give me, I'm so sorry. Give me that's one okay. second. My cat just climbed on my desk. Oh, that's a, We're very <laughs> cat friendly on this show. It's all good. Cats just know when you're podcasting. That's just how they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I had to rewrite the end of the film, and uh, her performance at the very end was what I wanted to go for originally um, at the end sequence, but I think it ended up working a lot better. I think it flowed a lot better. Um, and then it also, like you said, it does leave a little bit of the mystery at the end. I don't want to give spoilers, but on, you know, the fate of a certain, sure. you know, character in the film. Very upsetting. And so, you Very know, upsetting. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch? So I, th- I think it worked out great. It did. It made for a very effective movie, and also I think it's, it takes balls to end a movie like that. And I and I think in a way, once again, no spoilers, but in a way, like you want, especially with the short film versus a feature, you want to leave yeah. people wanting more. Not mm-hmm. in a, not in a oh I wasn't satisfied or I was underwhelmed. Not in that way. In a yeah. In, a, in, in this genre, there's there's a bittersweetness that that is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? So I yeah. thought you honored that. Um, the M50. Why? Uh, so I don't know. I I had gotten a Nikon D three thousand three hundred 
for my birthday a couple years prior, and that's what we were using to film a lot of our stuff, but I just, I don't know, I was looking at upgrading, I really wanted a cinema camera, but, you know, the price, and I just, I didn't have money saved up and things like that, and I was really looking to upgrade, and my friend, uh, Quincy, he was leaving for ASU for film school, and he didn't have a camera of his own, so I sold him my uh, Nikon, and I used that money, plus some of mine, you know, to purchase the M50, I just kind of looked at, you know, Really nice. I just went on YouTube. Nice cinema DSLR. Did you get a speed like booster that. for that? Um, I actually I did to use certain lenses, but that whole film was actually shot on just one lens. It no. was a Sigma uh, eighteen and thirty-five f one point. No, oh, it was the sixteen. Uh, it was yeah, sixteen millimeter Sigma lens. Yeah, and since uh, the M fifty is a crop. Yeah. Uh, factor camera it, it cropped yeah. it out to 22 and yeah. so um i you know i really like the way that it looked i think it looks yeah, yeah no you know, it looks i thought amazing. it looks fantastic there are yeah. some shots that are like that remind me of uh the scenes in like harry potter and the deathly hallows where they're in the forest mm-hmm. where i'm like yeah. oh this is just yeah. so buttery and beautiful and mm-hmm. it, it looked incredible so thank you yeah i think i was curious about that and i i'm not a uh an elitist when it comes to the cameras that people use. Mm. I mean, because if I had to guess, I, I don't know what I would have said, but uh, very surprised yeah. that you used. I think it's like a one inch sensor, or uh, very surprised that it's you, a three fourth sensor. Three, I think I don't fourth, remember. Yeah, it's yeah. not micro four thirds, yeah. but uh, it's smaller than that. But I mean, wow, you mm. really pulled a, a fantastic image out of it. Um, how many shooting days did it take roughly for you to film this? Uh, it was about. It was. Technically four, but in total time, probably like three. Um, we shot all the four sequence in one day. It was, you know, a super long day. It was about like eight, ten hours for the shoot. And then, you know, the stuff in the house was each just a singular day. And then the last, the very last scene was just a separate day. Kind of, we just, you know, when my sister was available, we just kind of grabbed her and then we shot the film. Uh, but it was over the course of like, you know, about a month here, spread out here and there, just because everyone had to work and school and things like that. But yeah, it was, about, it was about four days in total. What month did you film this? Uh, we filmed it in October of uh, last just year because it's, uh, yes, it was very, very hot. Um, very hot where we live in our hometown. It can get up to like 120 degrees. And so I really had to wait for it to cool down. And so, and the wall pies are pretty cool in general. So I wanted to film that stuff, uh, around the cooler months. And so, yeah, we had to just wait for it to get a lot cooler for us to even start filming. And you filmed in Arizona or Colorado? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. I would have never guessed. It looked like the yeah. Pacific Northwest. Um, very, very surprising. Again, I, this is why I love to talk to uh, filmmakers, man. This is incredible for me. Um, I guess I'm very curious as we're wrapping up here. What do you do mm. for a living? Uh, I am a uh, – so I've worked in video production like professionally for like the last like four or five years. Um, but I'm like a – I'm just a video editor at a marketing company. Uh, you know, video editing is just – super easy to me it's just like it's you know it's i it's like i know like the back of my hand and so you know what do you use uh, to edit? i just figured i uh premiere pro okay how long did it take you to edit yeah. um days gone by um it was about as soon as we wrapped filming i got right to work and i was also editing as we were filming uh so like as soon as we get done with the shoot day i'd just go right in that night and just start uh editing uh it's probably about maybe like a week i really just sat down and just like edited it out as fast as I possibly could just because I was, you know, super proud of it and I just really wanted to get it out and show people. Um, and so, you know, it, it's about like a week, but it was like very long days. It was like eight-hour days of just me sitting in my room mm-hmm. just editing the film, yeah. What is your future as a filmmaker? Is that something you want to do, continue doing, or do you want to – Oh, just yeah. A, is it a hobby? 
No, absolutely. It's it's something that I really want to like. It's it's kind of hard, you know, because getting into the industry is very very difficult, and sometimes it requires a lot of luck, uh, you know, a lot of, of you know skill, and it's just it's it's very hard. It's very daunting to see everyone that's trying to do it. And so for me and, you know, my friend Quincy, we just kind of like are trying as best as we can to just make as much as we can. And I recently moved to where I'm at uh, fairly, you know, early, newer to where I'm at now. And so I haven't really had a lot of time to make a lot of stuff. Um, but we just finished – I just finished another short film about a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's about like a 10-minute long film. And wow. he finished another short film. I helped him on. So we're trying to, we're trying to you know, make as much stuff as we possibly can. But, yeah, this is something I really want to do. Directing is like my number one – you know, passion. I love being behind the camera. I love, you know, you know, bringing, you know, the vision to life and, you know, dire- you know, directing the whole set and everybody and, you know, being behind the camera and, you know, setting up the shots and everything like that. And so if that's something that I can find myself in as a profession, that would be absolutely satisfying to me. But if not, you know, DP work, film editing, anything really involving film sets, I will be absolutely satisfied with. And I haven't really been on a lot of professional sets. I've been on a couple, but I'm really trying to, you know, get into more, you know, get out to L.A., be on some more and stuff like that. The whole choice now is about whether or not living in L.A. or not is kind of the move since everybody is going there and it's so expensive. And it's just it's really, you know, it's scary to try and go out there and, you know, try and make it a thing when that's what everybody else is trying to do. So hopefully, you know, we're just trying to make a lot of stuff right now, keep on the grind of, you know, just pumping out as much as we possibly can, getting people to see it, um, trying to take TikTok seriously because it's one of probably the fastest growing platforms of all time. That's right. Um, and I see I see the growth in that. And, yes, that's where I did find your stuff. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to take a shot at this. Um, but, yeah, this is absolutely something that I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm fucking delighted to hear that. My, my advice, Sweet. not that you asked for it, in regards to the the Los Angeles question. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> my advice is you're so young. Go there mm. and eat shit for a couple – as long as you can until like, you you have to come back to your hometown and live with mom if you have to, mm-hmm. hat in hand, and be like, sorry, mom, I didn't yeah. make it. Because the people that you will meet, you can't put a price on that. The experience that you will gain, you can't put a price on that. Like, uh, I would say go and fail. And if you don't fail, that's amazing. But go and fail. Don't be afraid to fail because you're so young right now. Mm. Who the fuck cares? You you can fuck up for the next five to ten years and still wake up young as fuck and still be incredible at your craft. So you might as well go and gain a bunch of contacts and get a bunch of connections and familiarities and Mm. just get those reps in. Do it and don't let anybody stop you. And if you don't, the good news is – we live on a remote virtual society now where it's okay. It's not the only game in town. Like you said, you can do, yeah. you can do wonders with the, with the phone in your pocket. So it's totally fine. Yeah. So I think no matter what, with your brain, you're going you're gonna to be okay. But if you did decide mm-hmm. to go LA, to LA, you can't fail. E- even if you yeah. don't achieve your wildest dreams, you can't fail. But go out there and give it a shot. That's the only way to try, man. And, you know, you're so young. That's right. You can do, what you, you can do your video, ed- video editing over there. For sure. Yeah. You can do it anywhere. <laughs> you can go do it. You can go yeah. live in the Bahamas and do your video editing. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. that's what I suggest. Uh, uh, one last question. Oh, my gosh. Uh, a very strange person is walking to my house. I guess he put a sign up and walked away. 
very creepy. Nice. Like an old, rugged, like Joel from The Last of Us looking guy. <laughs> That's not the type of person you want to see walking at your house. I apologize. Yeah, for that. no. Um, what, here's my last question, and it's not like a, a crazy, if you could give advice to filmmakers question, because mm-hmm. I think you've dropped a lot of gems on this podcast already. If there's any advice that people want to hear, listen to, listen to what Canyon has to offer and, and kind of do what he does, I, I think that's incredible. But what was the budget for Days Gone By? And what's the most expensive pitch, <laughs> picture you've made? Uh, it was, I don't even know. It was probably maybe, probably just gas and food. And, I mean, if you count the camera, because I don't really count the camera as an expense because I just bought it to have it. Uh, Days Gone By was probably maybe two, three $300. Uh, we had a lot of stuff available. We had a lot of the props. You know, my brother, you know, found the prop uh, gun at, like, uh, like a Goodwill or something like that. And, you know, he gave it to me as, like, a gift you know, hey, use this in one of your films, and so I just had that available. Um, we had a lot of the equipment already, a lot of the lights, the sliders, the tripods we just bought in over the years, but anything specifically for the film, like some of the outfits, uh, you know, some of the other props, like the, you know, the tent and things like that, probably about two, $300. I think the most expensive film we made was probably, I think Quincy said it was about four, $500. It was the second feature that we made. It's called Murder Locked and Loaded. Uh, super parody, you know, comedic film. Me and him play two buddy cops. Um, and, you know, we, there was a lot of, you know, prop making for that, a lot of costumes, a lot of, you know, food to buy. It was a very, very big cast of people, huge ensemble. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, things we had to buy for them and things like that. So probably that one. Man, uh, I cannot wait to see what you do with $10,000. You know, uh, I, me too. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to see what you do with that because, yeah. uh, you know, as soon as you popped up on camera and I saw that you were like this 21 year old, mm. I was like, how the fuck? I've been doing this for 20 years, almost as long as you've been alive. You, you must have been born in like what? Uh, 2003? One. One. 2001. And uh, sorry to, <laughs> sorry no, to drop okay. your age here, but um, no, it's okay. I, I got into filmmaking in 2004 and, and I can tell you, kiddo. You're f- far beyond the skill level that I'm at, and I do this for a living. So all you need is luck, like you said, just a little yeah. bit of luck. You got the skill. You got the reps. You got the hunger. That's the, those mm. are the intangibles that people need to make it in this business. You just need uh, an opportunity. You're just one opportunity away from, from achieving your dreams, man. So super proud of you. Uh, thank you so much for hopping thank on you. this thank podcast. You. Uh, thank can, you for having me. I appreciate of course, it. of course. Where can people support you? Where can people watch your movies? Where can people follow you on the internet? Uh, you know, YouTube, just my name, Canyon Damari. Uh, you know, Canyon like the Grand Canyon, Damari, D-I-M-A-R-E. Uh, you know, TikTok haven't really started, but pro- accounts the same name. Nothing really on there, but hopefully we start doing stuff. Uh, YouTube is pretty much where we post a lot of the stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, same with Vimeo, you know, first and last name, just like that. And uh, Instagram, first and last name, simple as that. People are going to want to watch your movie after this podcast. Uh, where can they find it? How can they support that? Should they? Is it private? Is it unlisted? No, um, they can, you know, it's on the YouTube channel. It's available for everybody to watch. Uh, it's in 4K, so, you know, YouTube compression won't really be that big of a problem. Um, they could also do Vimeo, I, you know, there's... You know, search up the name Vimeo's. It's not private on there. It's available to watch on there if you want the full absolute quality. Since you know Vimeo doesn't do that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Thank you so much, Canyon, for hopping on this. Thank you. Appreciate call. it. The reason why this podcast is called Indie Darlings is because I love interviewing people that are on the come up, that are on the rise, that are mm-hmm. that are on their grind right now. Before 
they make it, and I know you're going to make it, Yeah. Kyle. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. And for everybody watching, please like, comment, subscribe. You can find me at Knives Monroe on all the things, at Indie Darlings on all the things. Love you guys. Keep a force field around your heart, and we'll see you guys on the next podcast.